Hey, it's your Kali. What's up? Warning. 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 You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another pop-up youth radio session at Yola Kali, transmitting live from 2801 South Ridgeway during our annual summer exhibition. My name is Marie. My name is Jeffrey. My name is Zipporah. So today we're going to be talking about healing the hood. So we're just going to be acknowledging the problems in our community or in our hood. Um, and we're going to also be talking to some other people around the community or just ordinary people to try to talk about some of those things. So some of the things that we're gonna be talking about is violence in our community, police accountability, immigration, women's rights. So I'm really excited for tonight. Yeah. I yeah, I am too. You Jackie? Yeah I am. <laughs> so we're gonna start this off with the song High for Hours by J. Cole. So we'll be back. Hey this is called being high the name of this song here we go yeah Here's a thought for my revolutionary heart. Take a deeper look at history. It's there to pick apart. See the people at the top, they get to do just what they want. Till after a while, the people at the bottom finally get smart. Then they start to holler revolution. Tired of living here in destitution. Oh, that looting, can you tell me what's the best solution? I used to think it was to overthrow oppressors. See, if we destroy the system, that means we'll have less of greed. But see, it's not that simple. I got to thinking about the history of human nature, why this instrumental played. Then I realized something that made me wonder if revolution was really ever the way. Before you trip and throw a fit over these words I say Think about it for a second You heard the way the children in abusive households Grow up knocking girlfriends out cold That's called a cycle Abuse becomes the abuser and that's just how life goes So understand, you get the power But you know what power does to man Corruption always leads us to the same shit again So when you talk about revolution, dog I hear just what you're saying What good is taking over when we know what you're gonna do The only real revolution happens right inside of you I said what good is taking over when we know what you're gonna do The only real revolution happens right inside of you Okay, so we're back, um, and we're going to start with the uh, open question, and we have Cecilia here as a guest. Hello. Hi. So, how do you feel about the misconception of Little Village? I mean, you know, it's, it's really difficult, you know, living in this neighborhood as it is. I think that it's, you know, even though, like, it has, you know, its, it's downside with, like, all the shooting and stuff, I feel like people tend to associate it, like as this bad place where you'll 
like you put one step like outside and like you get shot. So I think that, you know, it's like really exaggerated. There's definitely a bad connotation to it. And it's, it's not only in a way like a stereotype, it's also like really offensive towards like, I think minorities, Latinos and blacks, you know, who live here. So it's definitely something that's really messed up. And you know, it shouldn't be seen in such a way because it has more culture and more like, you know, perks to it than people tend to believe. What is Little Village for you? It's my home. I mean, I've, I've pretty much lived here all my life, all my 16 years. And um, yes, yeah, it's, it's like a second Mexico too, <laughs> in its own way. I actually kind of want to... Okay, wait, do you guys want to say anything? No, about you, the could question? Go, you could go, you <laughs> could This just reminded me, I was talking to, um, I was talking to, like, a family friend, and they were, and someone at her workplace was talking about, you know, the neighborhood of the place that they wanted to buy, and what they said was, oh, yeah, like, it was a nice neighborhood, but then we saw these black kids running around the street, and the dude was right, white, and the family friend was black. So I was like, dude, why would you even say that knowing that that person is black, too? Like, But what? I'm just like, it just reminded me of what Cecilia said about like how... Yeah, know, there's a lot of profiling. There's a lot of profiling. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's always more than what meets the eye, especially in a community. Yeah, because you can't just like judge a book by its cover. Because no, because there's so many like different personalities. You know, there's so many different people. It's not just one person that makes up a whole community. So you can't just say community is bad just because of, you know, the things that are. You know, I'm not saying that you know all communities are perfect or all neighborhoods are perfect, but I'm just saying that, you know, there's there's always a little bit of good. That that is true and stuff like that. Like, I think I read in a book once, and it was like, it was my favorite book, and in a quote, it said, it's not, it's not the people, no, it's not the place that makes it bad, it's just the people that make it bad. That's why when they said, oh, Little Village is a bad neighborhood, just is like, you mean the people make it bad, not the neighborhood itself. And um, now that we're talking about the misconceptions of neighborhood is because my mom, like when, my, when she drops me off here, she doesn't let me walk. Cause she, Same. like, she never lets like, me take the bus. She's I like, unless like you a have block like a away, I can't relate. I'm <laughs> like, I, li- I live two blocks away. I can literally just walk here. But she's like, I don't trust the neighborhood. You know how it is. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't feel that because like one time I walked with my cousin. It's like I didn't feel that. I feel like I was like walking through a neighborhood, just like just regular. Like kids were playing in the playground, and then like parents were talking to the, like grandparents and stuff like that. It didn't feel threatening like at all and that's the thing it's like it's a mix- misconception no definitely i mean it's not like like i remember um one of my teachers when i was in eighth grade he was like you know i wouldn't ever live here with my kids because they're going to get shot if they live here <laughs> and it's just no. you know oh it's God. really ridiculous how like sometimes they like make it seem so like i don't know like a living hell or something like 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 it's like too much to live here yeah like that what you're saying? Like yes. Too much li- yeah, it's not too much to live here. Like, we have awesome food. What are you talking about? We have <laughs> so much to offer. Like, what are you saying? Like, we have So we're actually going to switch our guests out and ask someone else the same questions, too, just to see their point of view, too. Hi. Hi. Hello. What's hey. your name? Uh, my name is Jennifer. Jennifer. Nice okay. Meet you. Meet so... Do you want me to repeat the question? Or? Um, you choose. Go ahead. Are you, 
Well, um, well, the question was, how do you feel about the misconception of Little Village? Um, like in violence, perhaps. Yeah, like, like in, in general. In general, yes. Um, well, there's a bunch of stereotypes about it too, like, um, like in school I go to Curie, um, mm -hmm. in Archer Heights, and basically one of my friends is like, mm, "You'll never catch me in Little Village because of all those stereotypes. Like it's too um, violent down there." And well, whenever I'm, I like grew up in the neighborhood, you know. And I don't feel like that way towards the neighborhood, even though like there is news about it. It's just, I guess, like what you're related into the community, like. Um, I think it's who you surround yourself with. Yeah, exactly. With. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, what is Little Village to you? Well, it's it's a nice neighborhood. It's your typical neighborhood. It's just the people um, who it's meet, meet up with, you know? Yeah. It, it's just the people who you surround yourself with. Like, of course, we're not saying to just to go out and be careless because, you know, you should take precautions. Yeah. And you should be cautious, like, 24-7, um, you know, especially if the crime rates are higher in mm -hmm. some communities than others. But um, most of the time... When that's the case, people just choose to take that idea of everyone is a criminal and everyone is a monster in this community and run with it. Yeah. You know? Because Little Village for me, like, your locality is in Little Village, you know? And your locality is, you know, it's a really nice place for me, you know? I get to... I feel like everyone in Yolokali has so many opportunities and it's you know it's such a cool place. You know, I have so many good memories here. I have so many good friends here. So... I don't know. It's like, it's I, like, I definitely don't think of it like that. And especially since I know that people are looked at, um, you know, a certain way, in a negative way. Like just they have because, tunnel vision, just like they already have yeah, opinions. Yeah, just because they look a certain way and they live in a certain place. So I feel like I really try to stay away from thinking that it's a terrible, terrible dirt neighborhood. Because I'm like, no, it's not. Like, that's a very And because I know it myself. Yeah. yeah. That, that I feel a lot of people who stereotype it is just like they they don't they don't have like the right information like yeah they have the the wrong misconception of a little village and like they go by what they hear in the news and not like they've never been here but they call it they say it's a bad place they say it's a bad place because it's like all oh, the only thing like in like the only thing in news and stuff like that like oh those are shooting here those are shooting there like some person murdered a family here and you're just like oh it's a bad neighborhood and stuff like that but when you come here it's like it's just nothing but like grandparents and their grandkids and then it's like their parents taking out their kids to like playgrounds and it's like it doesn't seem so threatening like and it really really isn't yeah well thank you jennifer so much for sharing um, so while we're talking about the community, we can also talk about some of the dangers. And we have an audio piece to share. This is from Sebas, someone from the audio and radio class. And this audio piece is called The Bystander. Bystander. Yeah. So we're just going to listen to that real quick. Hi, my name is Sebastian Ramirez, team from Little Village, Chicago. I've been living here for my entire life. Sadly, nothing has changed. From what I've grown seeing, Little Village has a never-ending story in gangs, shootings, and bystanders whose lives have been taken away by a gun. It is a really sad thing going on in this neighborhood. I created a fictional character and provided a scene that could happen in real life that tells the ongoing shootings in Little Village. 
The last thing that I remember was that I was walking home from a soccer game. As usual, I was on my phone looking at the messages from my friends. I was too busy looking at my friends' messages so I didn't bother to read my mom's messages. My mom's messages just said that I needed to go back home because it was 9 p.m. The message also said that a teen was shot and killed a few blocks away from my house. Rubbish, I said to myself. I then told myself again, wow, what kind of talk is my mom saying? I would never get targeted. A couple minutes later, I noticed a suspicious 1997 Chevrolet Tahoe. The car went from fast to slow. I began to feel fear and began to walk faster. My heart was pumping quicker. Then I felt like I wanted to run for it, but they would notice me. Then the car backseat window went down. A Latino male began shouting at me. He told me, what you be about? I didn't respond. Then he threw up a hand sign. He said, King Love. He kept taunting me and kept saying, 2-6 killer, and repeatedly was dissing the opposition. I realized he was from the Land Kings, a gang from my part of the neighborhood of East Little Village. For some reason, they must have taunted me since I was on the 2-6 soil and must have thought I was a 2-6 or something. Suddenly, I saw six rebel gang members walking towards me. They threw up the 2-6 Hansen at me and yelled obscenities at me. I figured out this was going to be a massive shooting. Immediately, the driver's seat went down and opened fire at the 2-6. He yelled out, King Love, come get some. Boom, boom, boom. I hid beside the cars. The 2-6 scattered to the streets and yelled at the car. A 2-6 took out a .45 pistol and shot the Land King's car. The 2-6 yelled, 2-6, 2-6. Another 2-6 members yelled, King Killer. I kept hearing shots coming in left to right. As soon as I saw my right moment to run, I did so. Then I felt a bullet hit my abdomen. I screamed in pain, got up. Then I heard, boom, boom, and I fell to the ground. Two bullets hit my spinal cord, again in my abdomen, and one in my stomach. I screamed in pain, and blood was gushing out of my mouth rapidly. The Tahoe left and yelled back at the 2-6, and then all the game members left the scene. I was bleeding to death. I saw a crowd of people ask me if I was okay, but then I heard sirens of the police and the ambulance. My parents ran to the scene where I was, and my mom hold me, crying and yelling at me. No te vayas, mijo, no te vayas. My mother kept yelling at me. I then felt confusion and looked around. My vision became blurry. As I kept looking at the police lights and ambulance cars and being crime detectives, my vision became really white and blurry. I couldn't see anything anymore. I just heard my mom's screams from agony and sadness. But then I couldn't hear anymore. My vision went completely blank and I saw a movie of my whole life. Since my birth to the end, and suddenly my brain was shutting down, and at the end I kept replaying my death and said, now it's my turn. Hello, we are Yola Kali. What's up? Hello. Hey, we're back. Yay. The first time I heard this audio piece, I really wanted to cry. I actually liked it, the sounds of like, well, like the like the bullping of the messenger. Yeah. I really liked it, that and how it's like, how we got text messages from his mom saying like, come back inside, like you have to go back home because it's already nine, it's already night, and then he's like, he just like blew it off because he's like, I'm not gonna get targeted, 
And then at the end of this audio piece, it's just like he ended up dying. Dude, which is like what I was saying like earlier, like you should be cautious. Like, and this doesn't, mm-hmm. this is like a, this doesn't have to do with the type of neighborhood that you're in. This is just like normal. Like, yeah. whatever neighborhood you're in, you should be cautious 24 7. But like, I guess he was. Like, I feel like a little bit it careless. would have ended the same way anyway. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah. And this one, he was like a little bit careless. But then it's like, when it's like news wise, it's like that guy was like, he was like cautious, like, like tried every precaution that he could and still got shot. Yeah. I'm just kind of sad. I could just be quiet right now and just think about that. <laughs> I think it was a really sad audio piece. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard it, I was really like, yeah. Like that hit me. I was like, oh. It really did. Plus, Abbas is like really quiet. Yes. It's like I didn't expect him to like make an audio piece like, like that. this, like strong yeah. and loud. It makes up for him not talking. His voice too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he voice. doesn't talk a lot. So, I mean, I've Everything. never really heard him talk Yeah. <laughs> Like, you didn't hear him talk, and then it's like, when he does talk, it's like something deep and emotional <laughs> to the point where it has you in tears, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Just like that's audio piece was really good. Yes. Yeah. But, like, I think it's important that, you know, of course, people are going to be saying bad things about, you know, neighborhoods that have gangs in it, mm-hmm. and. I think it's our responsibility as people in the community to kind of break that cycle because we can't stop people from talking, you know, mm-hmm. and we can't stop people from making assumptions. But we also could make something about but, it. Yeah, as well. but we can also change mm-hmm. our community, and it has to take all of us. All of us have to take a part. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. And there was actually uh, there wasn't a study. My what my teacher had said because he deals with like like gang kids and stuff like that because like they can't escape the life. Because mm-hmm. it's either their parents or their older brother or, like, really close friends are the gang members. So they can't really get out of the life. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the number one reason why they're gang members is because they have nothing else to do. Because they don't have a job. They don't go to school. And it's like, they don't know what else to do. So. Oh, my God. Just you saying that, like, you know, just, like, hit something <laughs> in my brain. So, um, like, the other summer, like, last summer, I remember some people from my church we were doing like some evangelism or something so it was on my block and it was just kind of down to the to the top of the block you know Mm -hmm. where the block starts Mm -hmm. and there's always just like guys just like sitting you know rolling dice you know doing whatever they're doing and I didn't ask but some of the people (laughs) that I was with asked like what are you doing here you know like and things like that and they were saying well we went to jail before and we have a record so now when we apply for jobs no one hires us because we have a record and on top of that we're black so it's like uh, we're just hanging out because we have nothing else to do yeah that really sucks because once you once you have something that someone can hold against you like you can be doomed like i know some people that like have went to jail and you know they had problems getting a job so you know they ended up making um make you know finding another way you know starting a business or something like that and they actually like you know made something of themselves but number one not everyone is like that and i can understand the struggle if you're trying to get a job you're genuinely trying to get a job and you're trying to work but you're not finding work because of your past or because of what happened even if it's something for something small even if it's something like selling loose squares you know you could still go to jail for that. It was like and a petty, like, like yeah. burglar and stuff like that. You still wouldn't. Think. It could be something small to big. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, if you have a record, like, 
if someone doesn't want to hire you, I mean, you can't really blame them because they have that to hold against you. It's like a whole double negative. It's like because you're getting life and then you get arrested and then you're trying to get out of life. But then again, you already messed up the first time and then you can't go and you can't find a job and you can't go to school. So you end up going back into life. It's just a big old cycle. Which again, like I feel like this is going to be a reoccurring thing, like trying to break the cycle, because I feel like that is what we have to do to quote unquote heal the hood, Hmm. you know, and you can't break the cycle by just like doing this all over again, you know. Because, like, some gang members don't, because, like, like I said, trying to get out of life, like, some way could be, like, rehabilitating them. That way they can get a job. That way they can do something. And then finally breaking the cycle from there, like, healing the hood, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. You know, when we already know that, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to go against our government, guys. <laughs> but, like, when, when, you, when we already know that the justice system or, you know, this society isn't created for minorities to succeed in. We already know that we have to work super hard, you know, to, to, to do something good. So if you're slacking, you know, it could be really easy for us to just like slip down. And us as a community, not even just us as individuals, you know. Because yeah. it's like we're all in this together quote-unquote high school musical (laughs) dude we were just talking about this i just had this show and we ended up kind of talking about the same thing and i was saying that people usually take what they see in the media and they use that for future references so if they see that all these um minorities whether that's black hispanic anything like they see that you know we're going to jail and everything because that's what they put on the on the news in the media like you know that's what people are are starting to view us as yeah like oh they're dangerous and they're like very unstable you don't know what they're thinking just like but yeah that's right you don't know what they're thinking like we could be really nice people it's like you don't you don't see that you're not viewing that Yeah, yeah definitely so um, right now we're going to listen to a song and we're going to take a break. The song is called Gang Related by Logic. We'll be back. Shot off top for some shit that was gang related. 
Lumpin' Radio! Lumpin' Radio! Hey guys, we're back. I started talking before my mic turned on. Okay, so we're here with... Abby. Abby. So you did a show at Lumpin'. How long ago was that? Like February or something like that. What? It was that yeah. long ago? I felt like it was like just like a few months ago. Yeah. I thought it was close Like by. sooner, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you did a show with policing? Yes. Oh my God, yes. Policing news specifically, yeah. We want to hear all about it. So could you like let us know like, how that went? Well, the process was basically I started going to community meetings that were led by Enlace. And through Enlace, there was a program called GAPA, which Ooh. stands for Grassroots Alliance for Police Accountability. So basically, they asked me, you know, as a youth reporter that, oh, can you come out and to these meetings and do a report about policing? Because, you know, youth are scared to even go. So I went, and it was kind of shocking because I was the only one there that was, like, a youth. <laughs> and it was surprising, too, because they were like asking me questions. I'm like, I don't know anything, so that's why I'm here. It's funny because it's like, like surrounded by adults when you're talking about youth, just like yeah. kind of ironic. Yeah. Yeah, and like it's funny because when I was part of the meetings, these people were, you know, they were from the violence prevention team, community organizers, or youth and family services, even parents, and they were talking like so negative about our community, p police community, right? And I was like, oh. Really? <laughs> I didn't know what's going on. And they had so many testimonials that, like, about their kids complaining and being harassed at school without them even knowing. So that was kind of interesting. And I tried to get interviews by youth, but it was so difficult. <laughs> yes, dude. For, for the audio class this summer, like, me and Emmanuel, we tried so hard to interview youth because a lot of the time, we just hear from older people, yeah. and we have all these elders like speaking for us. Wait, wait, like, wait! Why how many? How many audio? Us? Like, how many interviews from you did we get? I don't know. We only got one. One. <laughs> Andy. Yes. And oh. that was Andy. I remember him. Anyways, it's hard to get you to talk yeah. to about the truth and like what's actually happening in the community. Like, it's. It's hard, and I'm kind of like happy that I ac actually got the chance to do this because you know not everyone has that opportunity, but thankfully I did. Yeah. And it was a long process. <laughs> How long did it take you? Well, I recently finished like a month ago with because I you did started a month ago. Uh, well, like two months ago because we did a I did a the radio show which was two hours, and. I work with um, Jaime. He's a photographer here at, oh, yeah. at uh, Yolo Cali. Mm -hmm. He's he's doing the video, so he came with me to some meetings and got some you know footage, and we also like went down the 26th Street and you know filmed, but it was a really long process. Wow. Did you learn anything new from it? Oh my God. Other I than the like, just so many adults. She has her little list right here. Oh my God. I learned so. Let me pick. I learned so much that I. I'm scared to even go out, like oh. in my opinion, because I don't know if you know what a gang data base is. I 
explain it. Please, please well, it's, enlighten it's, me. <laughs> well, it's a really, uh, it's a really long definition, but I'm gonna explain to you in my own words and how I define it. <laughs> please. So basically, is let's say you go, to, you guys are in high school, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say, you know you guys have security at the high school? At yeah. the front like, desk. There's, you know, actual cops. Well, I don't know if you guys ever been late, and they tell you, oh, can you step in, and they write you down in a card. Mm-hmm. They get your information, like, oh, can, like, can you give me your high school ID or an ID? And they basically, basically write you down in these cards, and they put you in the system, which is, if there's any, like, let's say a shooting, or someone got shot, they're gonna go first to you because you're suspicious. So you you're in that ba- database. Oh, since you were late. Yeah. yeah. Are you serious? Yes. Even if you have a excuse from the doctor or something, you're in the database forever. You're you can't even get out. They don't they don't care. Do they yeah. inform you about this? Like no, oh, you're gonna I didn't know. They don't tell you. Oh, we're putting you in the system. They just oh, can we have your name or something? Can you know? your information just like puts it in the car and puts you in the system. Yeah. And like we've had, I've when I was part of these meetings, I had I heard a lot of parents like, oh, my kid has been stopped here at Petrosky Park asking for a, like a cop asking for like, oh, an ID, why are you outside, this and that, like, are you game banging or something? And they're like innocent kids. They're from coming out from school, you know, after school programs. Obviously. And yeah, like I wasn't aware of this. I was actually that's, like, that's that makes me think because. Now that I go back to like my high school years, I was actually written down twice. And that's because I was late and I woke up late. <laughs> and trust me, like even my principal was there and he didn't do nothing about it. He was just like, oh no, it's fine. They're just doing their job. And I'm like, but why am I getting written down? I didn't do nothing. That's horrible because I actually saw that happen to a friend. He yeah. got written down. It's like, how old? Like, how old are you? Like, what's your height specifically? And it's like, how much do you weigh? Like, yeah. your skin color. And I'm like, why is he asking all these questions if he was just late? Basically, they asked me, oh, can you give us your name, your age, and like, what year are you in in high school? And the reason you're late. And I'm like, oh, I woke up late. They're like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the the alarm didn't go on really. <laughs> no, but like, dude. Now you that, guys know. No, because you know, like that just makes, and you know, of course, like police brutality and police accountability is like something that's very yes, um, that's very important nowadays. You know, and what, how far do you have to go? You know, what is what's doing your job? Yeah, and I feel like we have to ask that now, and it's crazy because you know the police is someone that's supposed to protect us you know that we're supposed to be able to trust and yes. nowadays with all these things going on it's like Do i can't really trust, trust the you police? That's the i can't that's trust you one of the main questions parents asked in the meeting yeah. is like do who really can we trust who, who do we call you know like instead of 911 and 311 like non-emergency <laughs> and emergency <laughs> but like yeah. who do we call <laughs> And it's it's and it's scary because it was during the time it was you know like Donald Trump was doing the, with the immigration stuff, mm-hmm. so like parents were in like they stopped going to these meetings because they thought all oh, police meetings meaning equals ICE you know equals yeah. immigration deportation yeah. just like so fear. like it was kind of sad because like not a lot of parents went but a lot of resources like mm-hmm. from Alaska they had a lot of resources that they went to those meetings. And it was kind of sad because I was like, damn, they're missing out on these these meetings because they were informing people about 
the situation that was going on with immigration, you know? Yeah. But, like, I did get to, you know, hear a lot of new information about these meetings. They even informed me, like, oh, tell, even if I was a youth, they're like, oh, tell your family, tell your friends, like, what's going on, because they would believe you, you know, your youth, they believe youth more than adults. They, and you would think it'd be the other way around. Yeah. Like, like, oh, no, we can't believe you. You're just, like, a kid in, like, high school, like, well, high school, right? Just, like, we can't believe you. And you're, like, you're, like, you're 13 or something. And just, like, but are you kidding me? And it's, like, oh, yeah, you're 29. We, we, can't, we still can't believe you. Just, like, I'm an adult now. Yeah. <laughs> but I got, I got the chance to interview um, two members from the outreach team from the violence prevention. Their names are David and Jesse. And one of the interviews I got from David was, he, he mentioned a lot of information, but I'm gonna just keep it short. He did mention what, what youth go through lately, daily, like in their daily lives. So I don't, Brian, can you play um, David Innocent's Arrest? Thank you. <laughs> I'll be right back. Oh, a lot of youth are scared. Um, you know, um, they've been through situations with police. Um, and some of the some some of the children are not even involved in anything wrong, but just by them hanging out with their friends or being in certain areas of the community where it might be marked as a labeled as a hotspot by police, um, a lot of a lot of times innocent people get harassed for no reason, um, and I think that maybe that's why a lot of people don't like to you know call the police when bad things happen to them, or even if they see the police though the first their instinct is just to run. And to get away because they don't want nothing bad to happen to them, you know. And, it, and it's not all—that's not all police that are like that. But um, I guess the experiences that the, the the young people in the community have been through makes them feel a little on edge about the police. So yeah, that was David, guys, and I don't—he—he's a really nice guy. Um, he actually does a lot of community involvement, even besides being from the outreach team. He participates in the La Villita Church. So he does a lot of stuff with Jesse. Jesse too. He, they both go out of their role. You know, besides being, you know, violence prevention team, they actually, like outside that job, they try to create programs for youth. Um, they recently wanted to start a hip hop, um, like program a group and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like musical program. Um, um, right now they have like a basketball team. By I'm not sure where it's been a while, <laughs> but I know they're you know they're still act like still active, still trying to active. do things for youth. Yeah. yeah, and they're trying to create as many as programs as they can so they could um take the you know have kids out of the streets. That's really good. Due to the violence. Yeah, that's like that's actually pretty cool. That's kind of reminds me of another organization. I think it was called Happiness Club, was a nonprofit organization that just like. Kids from like broken homes or homes just like go there yeah. and they dance and they do so they do singing. It was like that's actually pretty cool. I'm like they don't get money for this. They're doing this for nonprofit. It was really cool. And you, the only thing that I find really interesting that these two were um, they made really bad decisions when they were young. So you could say they were not in the best shape um, to the point they were both arrested and in jail, they had to spend jail time. And it's you know it's an amazing transition from them going from a bad life to a good life and making good positive things you know to the community so that's why like i find it really interesting because they're like oh i want to help them because you know 
they're young and they don't want to see them make the same mistakes as as they did. Yeah, most adults don't want to see, you know, like this is why we're telling you this is like because we don't want you to make the same mistakes I did. Yeah. So like I have a quick um, short clip about uh, David talking and it's called giving back. That happens a lot, especially when you get those phone calls late at night and the youth might be in trouble or um, just need somebody to talk to, you know, and those are like, I mean, it's, it's like two, two o'clock in the morning when you're asleep, but you know, you, I mean, me, I, I, I try to answer every phone call that I can because I, you never know when a, um, a young person is, has reached that point where they're ready to break. And so I, I try my best to always just reach out to them um, you know, sometimes on a daily basis or weekly, just to check in with a lot of them to make sure they're doing okay. Um, there's a few times where we've actually had to go and get guys out of situations, um, you know, that were hazardous for us and them, you know, but it's, it's part of the job and that it's a job that I do because it's, it's not a job to me. It's a passion, you know, because like I've lived in a community for 45 years and when I was younger, I, I was involved in gangs and I did a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have. And so I look at myself now as I'm going through the, my changes in life that I need to be able to give back to the community, you know, to at least share my experiences with the youth or anybody in general, um, you know, just to let them know that there's always a better way to do something, you know, and um, just to think about the consequences of your every action that you do. That's what, That would be my main thing to tell people. Before you do something, think twice about it and think is it really worth it and think about the consequences that come with your actions. Because a lot of a lot of young people don't think about it. They just, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do this and I'll deal with it later. And everything you do will follow you in life. That's what I've learned, you know. Wow, that was powerful. Everything you do in life follows you. Wow. That is true. Yeah, because even you could tell when he, I was interviewing him, he didn't really want to get personal, but... He did mention that he tries to, you know, pick up every phone call that he gets from youth because, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they, they need him. And that's basically him giving back to the community because he's doing things out of his, you know, job description. Like, he's not supposed to be doing the things that he even mentioned. Like, he goes out of his, like, place and just tries to do these things. Yeah. And he, they even go to, like, when uh, one of their, you know, kids that they work with like if they're like in the hospital they even go if it's like three five in the morning they go and see them like what happened what happened like wow that's like that's that's like caring people right there like you don't get those yeah. like you don't get those every day like you just like when it's like once in a lifetime you keep them like wow yeah and i'm kind of surprised because you know like people usually don't go like that far when it gets to you know youth like especially if they're in a gang or trying to get out of a gang yeah they're like nope because i'm not trying to be involved in that like, i'm not yeah. trying to be involved. Yeah. i'm not trying to get shot but like but when people care it's just like it doesn't matter like i would i would make sure you're okay yeah and since he did mention that he was part of gangs when he was young and he did so many bad things that he was supposed to do mistakes. he he learned that from his mistakes you know and like he said that everything that you do follows you in life and it's true because now he's slowly paying the consequences like I mentioned he did had to um, he did had to um, do jail time so that means that it's harder for him to even get a other job so even even if he wanted to get another job he, it's gonna be really hard you know so though the one that he 
actually loves and enjoys is this one. So, I'm which is good because it's like most people don't get a dream job. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I want to just you know another clip from David that he describes his relationship with youth, and the clip is called relationship with youth. <laughs> I would say I would say that we have a very close relationship with a lot of the youth that we work with. Um, some of them, they, you know, with some youth it's a give and take. You know, you you help them a little bit, and then you know they share a little bit. And then some of them they they they, they give you that shell. They don't, you know, they want to put a wall up because they don't trust people and things of like that. So you have to sort of chisel away at that a little bit, you know, um, and just sort of bond with them in every way that in whatever way you can. Um, I would say I would say that we have a great relationship with the uh, with the youth that we work with, you know, um, and that's a good thing, you know, because we our job is to try to steer people that are misguided in the right direction. Damn. So yeah, that was David, and he was like mentioning that he, you know, that's their job to guide them yeah. in a better path, mentor um, them even. I didn't. Um, I did ask them some questions about police related. But uh, they were kind of still thinking the same way as you know every t- youth thinks you know negative. Like, yeah, I don't. Really <laughs> yeah, trust police, but they like, try. Yeah. They try to work. They try to work with them because, especially since they're from a violence prevention team, um, they do a lot of you know peace gatherings mm-hmm. or marches or anything. That like a ceasefire as well. Yeah, it's ceasefire basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, like they they try to you know have a communication with police because even then. They still have to, like, if the kid goes to the hospital, they still have to go to the police first. Like, yeah. oh, what happened? Like, they I get the, the information. police report. Yeah. And then they'll go to the, the person that's injured or in, in need of help. And basically, that's why they, they, tr- they learn how to, or they, that's part of the job, to have a great communication with cops or, you know, police system. They have a good relationship other than the one we have now. Yes. Which isn't really so good, guys. <laughs> Yeah, and like they did mention that a lot, and I've seen them like uh, recently they did a increase the peace event here in Little Village. I know they did it in other neighborhoods like back of the yards, um, Pilsen. I think I've heard of that. I was given a flyer at school, just like like increase the peace and stuff like that. Like we have free food, and that's the thing that got yes. my attention. <laughs> and like, I actually what? went to these um, this event. Um, it was like a month or two ago. Yeah. Um, I did a, a small blog post on it on on our tumblr you guys could check it out Treat that out. um i actually saw jesse from the violence prevention team and this actually event was from five in the afternoon to five in the morning and i didn't stay all the way i stayed all the way to one in the morning but he was still there he was part of it and i was glad because there was a lot of gang gang active members there but he was just you know interact interacting with them like normal teens you know like like normal people yeah and that's what i like about them that they they interact really well but yeah i didn't i didn't tell you guys what gapa stands for wait i think you did but not not like the actual definition (laughs) but it the the actual definition for gapa is that it works to promote and change factors contributing incarceration of people of color to transform their relationship between the Chicago Police Department and the community it serves to give equal access to safe and thriving neighborhoods for all Chicago residents. So that's what GAPA means, just, you know, an FYI. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for Do you guys have any more questions? I have a lot of stuff. 
if you guys want to hear more information, you guys can always go to SoundCloud. Oh, yeah. And listen, listen to the to police. The listen to the yeah. accountability. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know, like two hours or something. But a lot of information. Yeah, there's a lot of information. This is just the basics. Yeah. You know, just, you know, youth related because, yeah. of course. It's Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for speaking out about this. Thank you. Yeah. So we're actually going to have another guest at this time. We're going to ask some questions. I'm going to ask some questions about policing, bro. Okay, hi. Hello. We have three people today. So what's your name? My name is uh, my name's Alan. 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 Yeah. What's your name? My name is Moises. Oh, one is Moises. I hope I said that right. My name is Victor. 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 I know Victor. I know. He's in camera flux. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are you guys cool? Yeah. All right. Could you? No. So how do you guys feel about the police today? All of them just like quiet. The police? Yeah. Police. No. Um, and the youth, involving the youth. I think the police can be a little discriminatory against the youth when it comes to lower income uh, places, like Little Village. Sometimes they, they believe that most of the youth are, are um, you know, just causing trouble. Uh, they, don't, they don't care for the rules. And, and when it comes to, you know, you know, making sure that they're treated right, it could, you know, sometimes go south with the police. Have you ever been stopped by the police? Me? No. No, I, I, one time, one time um, I was just riding um, down my bicycle down the street with my bicycle and I got stopped by the police saying, they told me, um, you know, what, what are you doing now? Late, um, do you live around here? Is that your bike, you know? Oh my God, of course they would ask that question. And, and you know, of course, it, you know, it was a yes for all those questions. That was my bike, I live around there. Um, and it, it was a weird experience. I never got stopped by the police um, after that, but yeah. it was definitely made an impact on me. Anybody else been stopped by the police? Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Um, you yeah. got stopped by the police? Yeah, I, I got stopped once. For, for, with some. for, for what? Uh, so I, I was with some friends, right? Uh, it was a long time ago, probably when I, oh, like, I was like 10, maybe. Mm -hmm. I was with, I was with my cousin's friends. He's like, he's like 23 now, but back then he was like 17. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, like, the, it was like two cop cars and they just straight up came at us and then they told us what we were doing. We were like, we were around uh, 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 Damon, you, you know, you mean, uh, yeah. silos, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were in there. They just stopped you and what they like, say? Uh, they were like, yo, you can't be here. But well, we maybe that was we the reason why they stopped you. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. we weren't doing bad stuff though. We were just straight chilling there. What about you, Victor? Have you been stopped by us? Don't lie. No. <laughs> no, Victor's a good kid, right, Victor? Good. No, it's <laughs> a good He's thing. a good boy. Like, I'm so glad that I've never been stopped by the police before. I know, like, I've definitely, like, thought, like, oh, crap. Are they about to say something to me? But, yeah, I've never been stopped by the police before. But, like, I know that, like, sometimes, oh, my God, this really scares me to death. Sometimes, like, when my brother, so my brother does powerlifting, so he's at the gym, like, a lot, and sometimes he's there, like, until it closes, which is, you know, after dark, mm -hmm. and he has his own car now, 
but like sometimes like when he doesn't come home and it's like getting super late I'm like, oh my god, what if the police stopped him? And like, what if they shot him or something? <laughs> like this, like this, like young black dude, like that's like 20, you know, out when it's like super late, and I'm so scared. And as soon as he walks through the door, I'm just like, Whoo. like that birth of a leaf. Thank just God. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had definitely friends. do have like a lot of fears about that. Especially like like with loved ones and then with friends because I had a friend who was stopped three times. Yeah. Because he's like he's like really dark skinned and, and he's like he looks he looks he's twenty but he looks thirty. Yeah. And he was been and he's been arrested three times because like there was like a search, so it's like he's been arrested three times and then he's been stopped by the police like four times, so it's like yeah it's not it's not really, not okay, really cool so being stopped. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I I fear and I feel that that fear is legitimate, because have you seen those police brutality videos yeah. online. There's like a hundred of them, so. And yeah. Which one are you talking about? <laughs> exactly, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of police brutality videos and most of them is just, you know, the guy, um, you know, sometimes they could, um, you know, not follow the rule, not follow the orders of the police officers, but definitely the police officers take you know, extreme force yeah. and and do things that, you know, you wouldn't think that they would do. So, so definitely that, that fear is, Legit- legitimate. Like as soon as like the cop board pulls up, like right beside you, just like, please, like don't let me die today. Like that's like that's a horrible thinking to have for like a for a twelve year old think about. It. Just like like please don't let me. Like like I love you, mom. Just like like says in your head mentally, pray to any guy you believe in right now. And then just like that's a horrible thing to think about. Yeah, that's terrible to to be scared of the police. Definitely. It's because you're supposed to you know believe in them and then trust them when you can't with all these videos. Right. Right. Do you guys feel like you can trust the police? <laughs> yeah, like a hundred percent, like like Wait, ten out of ten. Tell us like your reasoning. Uh, Pass the mic. <laughs> I mean, um, it just depends, cause I mean, there's a lot of people out there that like to, you know, act cool, you know, around yeah. the police and uh, try to test them a lot. Yeah, mm, that's true. Um, and like you know, like the police are these people that are trying, like you know, to protect you, you know. Um, give you uh, some safety, but you know, there's always that type of person that like tries to test like um, the police's limits, and you know, that kind of like sets out a bad reputation, which you know, between us, um, yeah, yeah, and then sets all these events in motions, like you know, the what Moises was talking about, like fear of the police and all that. You know? Mm-hmm. Because like because we always see like because in most of the videos we just see like when the cop hits like the person we don't really see what happens to lead to it. Yeah, you're right no, about but that. But like which again like we people do have to be mindful of the way like they respond. Yeah. To police like approaching them because them like coming up to you for them coming up to you, even if it's not a probable cause that's one thing. But, you know, if you're trying to get all in their face, you know, you are you already know that they have something <laughs> against you if they came up to you and you weren't doing anything. So if you react all like crazy instead of being calm and collected, like you're kind of giving them an opening, which is, of course, it's not right. But, you know, I feel like we have to. Like we are humans, we do cool. have that set like 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 pushing someone's buttons. It's like it's not cool. But which again, like I feel like we shouldn't even have to. Like we shouldn't have to be taught how to respond to a police officer in order to not be assaulted. Because of course that's wrong. You know, you know they're abusing their power. 
No, yeah, we also we also did an interview with um, this Illinois State yeah, Police Officer. Yeah, the sheriff. Yes, he was a sheriff. He was so this tall was really and cool. intimidating. He was really tall. <laughs> it's like, no. first you approach me, just like, yeah, no, sorry. Like, for whatever I did, I didn't do it. Just like, don't, like, please. So. No, he was really cool, and he was really tall. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I really liked him because, like, a lot of people were like, oh, no. You know, like, they didn't want to do interviews, but he was one of, like, the nice people there who was like, oh, yeah, sure. And um, he really, t- he talked also, he also talked about, like, that we also have to understand them and, like, what they go through, like, yeah. during the day, like, that they they go through um, different things every day and that we also, we need to take that in consideration that they also have bad days, yeah. but that's, that's not a, a, like, that's not a reason, that's not like, a reason yeah. for them, but, yeah, we do have to. So you guys are skaters, how do you feel? How safety do you feel in your yes. community? Sorry. How safe do you feel? Because you guys are skaters, do you like skate at the park and stuff like that? How safe do you feel? What park do you guys skate in? <laughs> so many questions. You Sorry. Many questions. <laughs> Personal questions. Um, there's definitely that fear from the police because you know sk- skaters can be what? Intimidating. Skaters can be intimidating. Most sometimes skaters can cause a lot of trouble. You know, they're they're no. Yeah. Everyone just turns his people like. <laughs> There's no. They're known to be reckless and to do what they want. You know, yeah. that's that's kind of our attitude. So definitely, there's um there's some some intimidation from them, because um. You you, you know what I'm talking about. That's that's a stereotype, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's a stereotype, but. <laughs> but I think it's kind of true. But what do you what do you think? What do you think those skaters should be? I mean, it depends. Like there's a lot of chill skaters out there, and I always had that uh, that type of mentality, you know, towards other skaters too. And uh, yeah, I always sometimes thought they were douchebags because you know like, how Moisa yeah, said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what but I mean. then like when you actually meet them in person, they're 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 pretty lit. They're pretty lit, you know. They're, they're chill people. Mm-hmm. You just gotta know one, you know. Mm-hmm. It takes one to know one, just yeah. like. All right. Uh, yeah, we're actually going to go on a small break, but thank you guys for joining us. Do you want to say your names again? Yeah. I'm Moises. I'm Victor. Yeah, and I'm Alan. All right, thank you guys, though, for speaking. And remember, you're listening to Pop-Up Youth Radio, broadcasting live in Little Village, Yola Cali. <laughs>
Hello, we are Yola Kali. What's up? Minorities. That's what they call us. The outskirts of society. The authors of crime. Take a look at us. Is it because of my dark skin that you think I'm gonna shoot you? Is it because of the borders I've crossed that you think I'm not a part of and that I do not belong in this nation? Is it my sexual orientation that makes me a sinner? Is it because I'm just a woman that you think I'm inferior, that I don't have what it takes? Is it because I'm just another adolescent that makes you think that I don't have control over my decisions, that I don't have a voice? Yet here we are, speaking to you, letting you know loud and clear that we are not a group of kids with guns. No walls can stop us. No laws will silence us. No white privileges are needed here to succeed. We will not let our dreams be diminished. Yes, we are surrounded by violence, injustice, poverty. However, that's just it. Those things are the things that give us a reason to speak up. That move us and inspire us to own the battleground we stand on. Once that microphone's in front of us, we become the definition of dominance. Every word we write, every word we say, is powered with creativity, strength, invincibility, and rage. No stereotypes. No gender roles. No 45th president will break us. We are dangerous. We are unafraid. We're the misfits. The weirdos. The Fruit Loops and the Cheerio Box. But hey, it's our differences that define us. Not that sickening and weakening word. Minorities. Minorities. Through thick and thin, we're proud to be who we are. We are Yolokali! We've been keeping it weird and real since 1997. Hey, did you include the fact that we love pizza? Wait, what? We record them? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey guys, we're back. Um, so now we're in our second hour of Healing the Hood. Um, again, we're just going to be acknowledging the problems in our hood, in our communities. Mm-hmm. So we're actually just going to start off the second hour with an audio piece. It's called Human Legal by someone in the audio and radio class. If you have been living on the face of the earth, then you've probably heard this speech. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, They're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Yeah, the bad hombre speech. Well, Mr. Orange has been speaking plenty about the issue of immigration. His rhetoric is rather aggressive, and immigration is a very complicated issue. There are many terms that are being thrown around and might be hard to understand. So I set myself the task to gather the most problematic or misunderstood terms and dissect them. Illegal. Illegal? Yes, illegal. This word is one of the most problematic. If you Google the definition of illegal, Google will fetch up that illegal means contrary or forbidden by law, especially criminal law. Illegal oftentimes is used to describe undocumented immigrants. This is problematic because you are implying that the existence of a human being is against the law. 
In no human being, life is illegal. As said by Eli Weasel, no human being is illegal. That is a contradiction of terms. Human beings are beautiful or more beautiful. They can be fat or they can be skinny. They can be right, they can be wrong, but illegal? How can a human being be illegal? So instead of saying illegal, you can say immigrant, undocumented immigrant, or human, or maybe no label at all? Alien. Alien is a word that is used in legal documents to describe undocumented immigrants. The first instance of this would be the Alien Sedition Acts passed in 1798, signed by President Adams. This limited the rights that immigrants had, like voting, for example. Alien is problematic. I mean, I know about this world, but come on, it's 2017. Why are we still calling human beings aliens? Makes no sense. Wetback, mojado. This term is offensive. It is a derogatory term that is making reference to the Rio Grande, a river that exists in the United States-Mexico border. By calling an immigrant mojado or wetback, it is assuming that the individual crossed the river. Now, can someone tell me by the way how Trump is going to build the wall on the river? Just saying. This term affects documented and undocumented Mexicanos in the United States. This term is absurd. It is like calling people Mayflowers. Oh yeah, were we forgetting that everyone that arrived to the United States crossed a body of water? Dreamer. We dream in math class and science class in our pillow, dream of cotton candy, of unicorns, fast cars. However, the term dreamer does not refer to those dreams. Instead, it is used by undocumented immigrants or undocumented students that arrived to the United States when they were children. This term roots from a bill proposal called the DREAM Act, which stands for Development, Relief, and Education for Alien Minors. The DREAM Act would have benefited bright undocumented students and would have some path to citizenship. This bill did not pass, and the individuals that would have benefited from the DREAM Act began calling themselves dreamers. Today, the term is associated with bright undocumented students. DACA DACA stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. DACA is an affirmative action, which means that President Obama did not need the Congress to pass this action. This action benefited many young undocumented immigrants as long as They were under the age of 31 as of June 15, 2012. They came to the United States before reaching their status in the United States since June 15, 2007. They passed in the United States June 15, 2012, and at the time of making the request for consideration for deferred action with you Fácil, ¿no? Yeah, right. That's what I call atole con el dedo. Although that guy is wonderful and it provides people with simple privilege like driver's license and ability to work and go to school legally, the future is uncertain of all those benefits and it can be taken away tomorrow because it is an affirmative action. The orange Cheeto does not need the congressman to get rid of DACA. So I hope all those terms kind of help you understand a little bit better all this immigration talk that is going around over and over in social media, on the TV, on the radio, and now you have a better understanding. Hey guys, we're back. And I'm again, you're listening to Pop-Up Youth Radio in Little Village, Yolo Cali. 
Uh, you guys, it's around. Just feel free to sit down, make yourself at home. And if you want to say something, like, feel free to make your way over here and make it known that you want to talk. Because we're trying to heal the hood as a community. Okay, but um, we have Cecilia. Cecilia here. Hello. I was expecting you to say your name, but you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> she and always does that. Yeah. Do you realize that? That's your thing. That's Emmanuel. Oh, yeah, where's him? <laughs> But, um, okay, so you just listened to the audio piece right now. Um, the general question is, has anyone ever racially profiled you before? So, like, you know how um, Marimar was, like, saying, like, how Mexicans are usually, you know, like, are being called, like, mojados? So, yeah. like, has anyone ever, like, say, like, oh, like, get out of my country, you know? Have you ever, like, experienced something really racist? So... See, because what I was going for, like, the first time is that, like, I do get, like, a lot of, like, I, ha I have in the past gotten a lot of, like, you know, comments on, like, what my race is and stuff like that, like, whether I'm white or I'm Mexican or whatever. Um, but if it's, like, pertaining to that, I think that, yeah, and, like, a lot of times. Um, I've been called bisa by, like, people who weren't Latinos. And it's, like, something that, like, it's just, like, the N-word, let's say, in mm -hmm. the African-American community. Um, I think that there's a limit to who can say it as well as a limit to not saying it at all. So um, when it comes from somebody who's not your race, who hasn't been through the same yeah. or similar issues as you have, it's very insulting. Dude, I get you. Or, like... Beaner, like that. Yeah. Like it can be like a playful word at times, but it can all, if it comes from somebody else, like somebody like, you know. And it's not just white people; it's like other people. It because like not only white people are like, I don't know. I think that a lot of the times when you th we think of racist people, we think of white people immediately. Mm -hmm. But that's not what I'm trying to get here because anybody can be racist. And I've seen plenty of people who are like, in my case, Mexicans that are racist, and it's ridiculous. But it's just the way that it's expressed sometimes, the way that it's been expressed towards me, I found it like aggravating. And you know, you want to beat them up, but you can't, you know, because you end up losing if you do that. But yeah, plenty of times, I think most people can relate in the Latino community or in any, like, any race belonging to minorities, the minorities, you know. Have you, Jackie? No, I think. I think I've, I've never been like, no, I think I've, I've experienced it like when they ask you like, oh, where are you from? And then like when you say you're Mexican, like they, I feel it depends who you surround yourself with. Yeah. It's not really a like, I've never really got an approach, like I've, they've never really approached me with it, but I just feel that it depends who you hang out around with. For me, I don't know. Like I feel like of course. <laughs> Like, even up till now, like, it's not something that just used to happen when I was younger. No, it still happens now. Like, just, like, the usual, like, skin color jokes. Like, about me being, like, black, you know, so stuff like that. But, like, I feel like now I'm just kind of used to it. So when people say it, I'm just like, is he done? Because <laughs> now it's, like, the huge, you know, like, I was just like, I, I'm black, I'm dark skin, okay. I know, I see myself, you know, but um, I don't know. I know that, oh, 
and for people that know that I'm Nigerian, like I feel like it doesn't really come up as often because when people look at me, you know, they just think that I'm African American. So like they would have to know that I'm Nigerian first. But once that they do, I feel like I have gone a few like jokes about like I don't know. It's so stupid. Like it's so stupid that I don't even remember the things that like people have said. But like, <laughs> but but yeah, like just like jokes about my yeah, origin or my skin color. But I feel like now I'm used to it and like it doesn't really you bother know, me. You know, I think that like blacks, Latinos, and and Asians. I've seen this a lot. You know, immediately when you see like an Asian person, you think Chinese, or immediately when you see a, um, a Latino, you think Mexican or Black, African American. So I think that it's an issue with like most minorities that they associate you with, you know, a part of like in my case like South America, and it's like no, like I'm not from, I'm not Colombian or I'm not Mexican. It can be like go either way, and I think that it's such an issue because, despite us like having similar features, you know, our cultures are widely different, and. It's just something that I think it's like a defect of America that we like jump to conclusions when it comes to things like that. So we have someone new joining us. Would you like to share your name? Uh, hi, my name is Sabina Valencia. Sabina? Sabina. Hi, yeah. cool. So what's up? Nice to meet you. You want to answer the question too? <laughs> I don't know what kinds of questions do you guys have. Okay, so have you ever been racially profiled? Uh, yeah, I have been, um, and I get like either something as simple as like a look or a stare that's just like rubs the wrong way or just looks the wrong way, yeah. or just get like, hey, you're just a Mexican, and it's yes. like, yeah, yeah, I am, <laughs> but I could be something else. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. do you find it frustrating, like at times? Like when it's coming from like, let's say somebody who doesn't know much of your culture. Yeah, just because there is a lot of cultural appropriation right now. Um, yes. It's really heavy during like holiday seasons, like uh, like Halloween or like Cinco de Mayo. Like even though that's like super generic, it's so frustrating that everybody wants our culture, but nobody wants to learn about our culture. Nobody wants to learn about the history about our culture. No, I agree with you. Like, you know, it's like everybody so suddenly wants to, you know, like get into like the party and stuff you know mm-hmm. the ups of like our culture but when it yeah. comes to like the downside like you know the wars the racism yeah. everything that we've been through our activism for example you know Cesar Chavez nobody wants to learn about that because it's seen uh-huh. as boring yeah. and at the end like you just don't get yourself involved as you should and you don't learn like a lot about it yeah Dude, they want th- our culture but not our history yeah I feel like people that are ignorant about these things but like talk like they know like so much just like aggravate me so much i remember once we were having this debate in school and this and it was supposed to be who's the most significant um person in the u.s and so we split up in groups and like we each had a person so um it was oh man who was i forgot who the other person would was but it was someone and martin luther king jr no, no 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 it wasn't it was George Washington and Martin Luther King Jr. Yup, yup. And so this white girl was on wash. Her race actually does have something to do with this. I'm not just saying it for no reason. Um, there was this white girl and she was on the George Washington side and someone had brought up the issues of slaves and she said, well, George Washington was nice to his slaves. So like, <laughs> he's cool. Like he's not like a super bad dude. I'm for real, this happened. <laughs> 
And I was just, I was shook. I was shook that she said that. And everyone was just like, you already know she lost. Because if someone had voted for that, they would have been, you know. Yeah, but just like for you to be able to say that, like, you are not informed and you don't know the type of treatment that slaves had to go through. Um, just the process of the of them being, I'm gonna say transformed because they were transformed into slaves. Just that process alone was so inhumane. And for you to say that even after that process, being treated quote unquote nicely, just like magically makes up for that. Like, he's still like, owned you yeah and dude don't you know when like someone says something and you're like i don't even have to argue with that just because you saying that yourself was just such a mistake Mm -hmm. so i didn't even have to say anything you know no one says anything because everyone was just like dang you know but you know, if you don't, if you're not well educated on something, I'm not saying that you can't talk about it because how are you supposed to learn more? But be cautious of the things that you say. Cause, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. You're supposed to have like an open conversation about things. If you know that you're not supposed to say a word because it's, it's not your word, it's not part of your culture, it's something that's derogatory towards someone else, it's not your word, it's not your history, yeah. so don't say it. Don't ask, like, why can't I say it? Because you're not part of that race. You're not part of that culture. That's not your word anymore. I was that's, just I was just thinking, feeling. when Cecilia was talking, I was thinking, I was like, do I want to talk about people saying, I'm going to say the N-word just because we're on radio, um, you know, about people saying that. I was like, dang, do I actually want to talk about that? Because I could talk for a long time about <laughs> that. But just like what you said, you know, if it's not your word, I'm going to, if it's not your word, And if you or your ancestors haven't experienced the things that people that were called those certain words, whatever word it is, I don't think that you have the right to say it. Even if it's just in a joking way. And I understand if sometimes it may slip out because, you know, some words are so well used in our community today that, you know, sometimes it may slip out because the people you're around may say it all the time. But if you're intentionally saying it over and over again and you don't know the history or the meaning behind that word, then you definitely shouldn't be saying it. Just like any other word that you don't know the meaning of, like, or you don't know the importance of, you know, because mm-hmm. words can carry a lot of weight. And I've had this argument with people so many times that I'm not even going to say everything all over again. But a lot of people have said, like, well, like, it's just a word. No, words just aren't words. Words hold meaning and you know they hold a history yeah. I think they hold a history for every single one of our, cult- yeah. our cultures and it's it's important for us to know about it and it's important for us to educate everyone else about it also definitely but I feel like it's also our responsibility like when we see something or hear someone saying something that's not right you know if they're ignorant they don't want to listen then like there's nothing you can do but if they genuinely don't know that what they're doing may offend other people and they're willing to like change or not say those things anymore then like definitely i feel like it's our responsibility to like say something and i dude i'm not gonna lie i feel like whispering this because i don't want people to hear i'm not gonna lie like sometimes this is a guilty pleasure of mine when like people say things to um to minorities whether it's black or hispanic or anything you know and 
any racial slur, the other person just like beats them up. Like I'm not gonna lie, like sometimes I'm happy because I'm like, you deserve that. I know that it's bad, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like the human and normal in me, like kind of enjoys that sometimes. Yeah. No, but definitely like I know that my mom brought it up a lot of times, you know, with like terms like mojado or um you know what, paisa, all that stuff. I think that you know her point was more like that nobody should say it at all because if you think about it there are so many new generations that were born here because their parents migrated immigrated over here and you know perhaps some of us weren't there for that process so my mom was like you know fortunately you have papers and you were born here so i expect things from you i expect you to not say these phrases because yeah. if you think about it you know i think her point and i understood it very well that you know she was like my dad was the one that crossed the border and then she came over here from Mexico once he like you know got her papers and all that stuff but if you think about it it was my dad ultimately that made this happen that it's th it's thanks to him that I'm over here so yeah. her point was like you know if you didn't take part in that history like from those years or if you didn't take part in that experience it's even like there's more expectations from you to respect what your parents did or your ancestors did. And like it, there's like this value like so suddenly in you. So it's something that definitely, I know that in school we hear a lot of slur things, a lot of slang. And it's such a disappointment sometimes, you know, because you know, what would your parents do if they heard you saying that stuff? And it's like, it's like anything, it's honestly, it's like cursing or stuff, but you know, not as, important of a topic yeah. like you know racism so it's definitely something that we have that the youth has to be careful about because you can find people who did go through those things might find it even more insulting than you would yeah yeah i know i'm um, going back to what sippy said i i believe that if you hear someone being called that i feel that you should speak up and like you shouldn't stay quiet and just like like don't ignore what's like what don't ignore what you heard you should speak up for it because if you don't then you're you're just like them because you're not like you're not speaking up so if i yeah. if i feel that if i hear that like i would speak up and i would have something to say definitely yeah i agree i had one of my friends i'm probably a lot older than you guys but i had one of my friends um that I had posted like something on Snapchat, like something just about like my personal life, like I'm headed to this place or whatever. And he had said, oh, what's up, N-word. And he's Guatemalan. And I replied to him and I was like, don't say that word. That's not your word. Yeah. That was the end of the conversation. I didn't even like try to entertain his conversation. Uh -huh. He's like, oh, you're one of those people. And I was like, yeah, I am one of those people. Don't say that word. Like, stop talking to me. And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> yes. So I think it is important that you guys should speak up. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Well, we've talked about, you know, a lot of things that make up this community. So next we're actually going to be talking about women and women's rights. I'm actually really excited for that. So before we get into that, um, we're going to listen to an audio piece. I think it's just called Women's Rights. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yep. yep. It's just called Women's Rights. So we'll just listen to that. And remember, you're listening to Pop Up Youth Radio. We are Yolo Cali, and you are listening to Lumpin' Radio, 105.5 FM, WLPN. 
<laughs> you get catcalled, hit on. Hey yo, let me see them thighs, mamacita. Stared at by completely older and vicious men. Ooh, that ain't meant for girls, honey. How many times are we seen as the weaker gender, the inferiors, the petty challenge, the easy target? A glass frame waiting to be shattered. Hey, go back to the kitchen. How is it that being in the 21st century, we're still constantly sexualized and pressured to wear what society believes is appropriate clothing? Why are we seen as prizes to be won, delicate objects to be held, property to be preserved? No flirtatious phrase will diminish our pride. That's not really ladylike. When you see our muscles through our clothes, you see our strength. The length of our skirts does not determine our principles. Close your legs. Because we are women, and we should wear that with pride. We're back. Hey guys. What's up? Uh, yeah, so me and Cecilia actually made that interview. When did we make it? Um, it was like, I mean, maybe like a few months ago. Three, four. Oh my gosh, we're already in August. That's a shocker. But um, yeah, that piece was like inspired about you know like the fact about um how women are not seen as equal mm -hmm. as you know men in this society and it, in most in most countries not not just america you know so we like got really hyped up with all you know the topics like catcalling and um sexism the fact that we don't have an equal pay the birth control pill oh my gosh i could keep going <laughs> but personally i'm a i'm a strong feminist yeah. Not one of those, um, you know, feminists that shame men. Definitely not, because I think that we both deserve, you know, equality. Like, you know, what a real feminist is. And definitely I think that it was something that I'm very passionate about. And I'm really passionate about this topic. So, Do what are some things we are going to talk about? Wait, wait, I just want to ask you this question. Do you think that every woman should be a feminist? Definitely. No, yeah, because, you know, I'm thinking, like, you know, some women are like, oh, but I don't want to shame men. I think that's one of the the many things that women worry about. Oh, like, feminists? No, like, they like they like to shame men and stuff like that. But it's definitely not the case. If you know what a feminist is, it's someone who speaks out for women's rights. Yeah. And definitely, I mean, I have family, and it's... And we're, it's kind of connecting back to, you know, what we were talking about, you know, races and stuff. And, you know, for many years, our culture, I know that for Latinos, it's something that it's still commonly seen. Women being, like, expected to, like, be a housekeeping mom. And it's so aggravating when, you know, you're talking to your elders, and so suddenly they're like, oh... You know, a woman belongs in the house, a woman belongs in the kitchen, and I'm just like, what? No, yeah, I definitely think that, like, older people or more conservative people, like, tend to not be feminist. I don't know. Yeah, but you know, it's not so much about, like, them being conservative, it's also about them just being accustomed and, you know, yeah. being raised in that way. I think that if they, you know, were born in the 21st century, they'd probably be, like, seeing things in like different perspectives not just yeah. like oh you're expected to do this you have no opinion you have no voice that's just the way it works you know there's like and especially in this country one of the things that is good about america is that you know we have liberty to say what we think and to believe in what we want to believe 
So that's why, like, it's a huge perk, aside to other countries that, like, you know, women still can't go to school and stuff like that. You know, I think that we have that virtue and that a lot of the times it's underestimated yeah. and or it's just not used enough. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we do have a lot to work on still, but I definitely do think that, you know, there are still a lot of good things that have come, you know, from the U.S. and feminism and everything. And, you know, I want to talk about this, and I was speaking to you earlier about this. So in case you guys, some of you guys don't know, um, Zipporah and I are boxers, um, and just yesterday, you know, we were having a topic, and it's something that I really want to talk about because it aggravated, like, just it aggravated me so much. I seen how mad she was. I, ex I, was, I was there. I was there. No, you, you don't even know the start of it. Yo, so I was talking. I'm not going to put names out there, but I was talking to, like, one or two boys. And, like, so one boy was like, oh, he, like, grabbed my arm, right? He was like, oh, I think you have more muscle than me. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, like, he's like, um, wait, flex? And so, you know, I flex, and it was cool. And then, like, this third person, like, comes out of nowhere, and he's like, ew. And I'm like what and he's like oh he's like would you find it arousing if a woman had more muscle than a man and i got so mad like that was a trigger for me i know that you know if you if you get mad you lose but you know i felt like i had to speak out in that like moment because it was like it was so ridiculous it was such a ridiculous comment like why like i am the female i should be the one who gets to say what is feminism and what is not because I am the gender I am not you and you should not have a say because I have no say in what I should expect from a man every man and like say, like put it like you know as plural as like everyone like every man should have this feature or something and it's you know it's just so like aggravating you know God made me strong for a reason. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I thought, you know. Before we start this, I just want to say, if that sounded familiar, if that sounded like you said it, if the shoe fits, we're throwing shade at you. <laughs> I'm not even about to try to keep it down low. If it sounds like you, we're talking about you, and you can be ashamed of what you said. Because, like, dude, like, and how old was this person? 14 and 15. <laughs> like these young people, like they didn't get it from Cecilia's anywhere. looking for them. I see her. I yeah, see you're her. like, where are they at? Do they no, hear me and it's not even to talk. Show yourself. It is not even to talk smack, guys. But I feel like a lot of female um, fe who are into sports, you know, a lot of females, female um, Olympists, is that how you say it? Olymp yeah. O or Olympic, Olympic. Um, I don't know. you know, competitors. Yeah. Um, I was I was reading this article, I forgot, it was a tennis player who, who participated in the Olympics from like four years ago. And I was reading this, I was probably, you know, in I was still in elementary at the time. And I, I thought to myself, you know, because she was getting so much hate on like her muscles. And you know, she's this tennis player, she's got to work, you know, her upper body. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, I admired her so much. And the fact that, you know, men think that it's gross, like... Oh, okay. I see a lot of men catcalling women, but no, but that's just flirting. Right. No, yeah, and like, dude, I feel like this is just a reminder that not everyone thinks the way that I think. Because just like you, like, 
me myself like yeah i have like some sort of muscle of course because like i do a sport but even like before i feel like I've always kind of admired women that had some sort of muscle mass just because like I thought that that was so beautiful you know not saying that any other woman isn't beautiful because I feel like every woman is beautiful but for me I feel like I really admired muscular women and I just thought you know like oh man like you're strong you know you got these muscles you know I thought that was a really cool thing to have and then when other people don't think that too I'm just like so if we don't have muscle, what do you want us to have? What do you think? <laughs> I mean, look however you want to look. Right. That's your, thing. That's your right. Just do however you want to do. Look however you want to look. If someone else is bothering you for it, like, they're just dumb. They really don't get it that, like, they're not going to look how you like the muscle. You can just be like, well, I'm going to throw shade back at you. And yeah. you don't have all these muscles. You don't look like this. Like, it's not your type. Then get over it. And you know, I was I was telling Cecilia this when she told me this because I was shook. I was like, "Oh, I should have been there!" Like so many times, I feel like I should have been somewhere and I, so I could say something, but I wasn't there, unfortunately. And like, cha- talking about someone's appearance and saying like, "I don't, you know, I don't think that's cute." Number one, no one asked you to, no one asked for your approval. Okay, so if you don't like the way that someone looks cool like keep it to yourself we don't care and we're not and the fact that you expect us to change ourselves not only the way that we look like our you know the way that we dress the makeup we wear like our actual bodies like our skin and our flesh you expect us to change that for your approval we don't who says that we want you bye (laughs) all these guys think that we're gonna change ourselves for you we don't want you yeah like I also think that, you know, the word that this person used, arousing, like, am I supposed, to, am I supposed to, like, arouse you? Am I supposed to turn you on? That no. word just makes me, like, weird, that, especially yeah, when Yeah, that should make you cringe. Yeah, no. it makes me cringe. And what I feel is that um, women are always, like, are seen for, like, like, we're, like, for, like, a sexual object, you know? Like, yeah. I have, like, this story, and, like, this was, like, and like I was, we were gonna do an interview in this um, barbershop. Like I'm not even gonna say the barbershop because I'm so mad. Like every time I pass through there, I'm like, this is this is a barbershop, okay? This is so, the place. <laughs> yeah, this is the place. Um, okay, so um, I went. We went to like do an interview, right? And like, oh, they're like, oh, you know what? You should come back another day. Like the owner's not here. Blah blah, blah etc. And I asked. I was like, oh, I, I wanna do. Um, I wanna cut guys' hair. I'm like, I heard. I'm like, you know. I'm like, oh, are you guys hiring? And he's like, oh, no, but you should talk to the owner. I think he'll like that idea, especially since you're a girl. We could put you in the corner, and, like, so it could be a little bit more private for you and, like, the person that you're cutting their hair. And I was like, like, when he said that, I was like, so... What is that I'm like, first of all, the corner, and then second of all, because I'm a girl, so I'm like... And to so, make it private for this yeah, person so that like, you're cutting. Well, am I going to cut hair or am I going to do something else? No, so, right. That's what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> I was like, mm-mm. Like, when he said that, I was so mad. I came yeah. off the place like, did this dude just said that? I was so mad. I yeah. Was, I was like, mm-mm. I'm like, this is the place. I should give, like, the name so, like, nobody, like, should go cut their hair there. But, yeah. I was really mad. <laughs> I'm still mad about it. But, yeah. So... Has anyone else shared that experience? Oh, girl. Have you ever been called out in the street? <laughs> Every day. Do, do you need to ask as that? As I was as on my sounds? way here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
every day. Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of the times it's like by older men, and then you're just like, um, first of or all, they, or they go like, hey, hola, mommy. And I'm just oh like, oh, God. No, I've been told that I look like a little bit older than my age, but I don't look that old. So if you're like 30, no, you look for your you look you look good for your age. If you you're don't. like if you're thirty, dude, what are you? If you're any age, especially when they're dude, and it and it makes me even angrier when it's someone younger, because you got that from someone. So someone taught you that that was okay. Someone taught you that it was okay to call on random women in the streets, and I'm not even not. I'm not even gonna call it complimenting. Someone taught you that it's okay to just call on random women and tell them what you think about their body or the way that they look. And if it's if it's unwanted, like just and this is the same thing as rape. You know, obviously rape is like, you know, a much more serious case. But if it's unwanted, why are you giving it to them? Why are you saying those things? And yeah. you know, when it's vulgar things, especially, that's like such a trigger. Like, you know, and then they get mad that you stick the middle finger at yeah. them. It's like, or no. they get mad that you don't want to talk to them. No, <laughs> no I'm not gonna they, talk they to they you. And I'm not gonna say, give you oh, my it's number. What she was wearing provoked me. So like, oh, yeah. my outfit. Just because I'm wearing whatever I want, that's not an invitation for you to come and touch me. Honest, I. That's. I, I should be able to wear whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, first off, if you're young, if you're under 18, if they look under 18, or even if they don't, if they're, like, younger, and you know that they're probably younger than you are, why are you doing that? Like, it's it's just it's Dude, such a thing that a Dude, some people don't even care. Do. Some people don't care. Like, I've... Me or my sister have had like times where after I told them my age, they're like, oh, it's okay. Like, it's cool. Or, oh, I'll wait like one more year or two more years. Oh, or, no. No, someone is like, I'll wait. And I'm like, yo, wait for what? Because even when I turn 18, nothing's going to happen. I'm going to look at you. Right. But yeah, that's definitely like an issue. Okay. Well, we got some new guests. Yeah. Would you like to share your name? My name is. Joseph Josue Mora. Okay, well, we're going to ask you a little question. Okay. Um, as a community, why do you think it's important to value and respect women? I think um, it's important to respect women. Um, I mean, just out of respect, I, th I, think, I, I think respecting everyone, but I don't know, this is a <laughs> pretty hard question coming... Yeah. I, I don't know coming from a man um but like i think just respect in general um I, I like i tell all my students too that the golden rule is to respect um but women especially because of how constantly they are like attacked you know like all the conversation that y'all were just having um it happens to a lot of women um and so i think to respect is a way to stop yeah. Sorry, that that was just like really hard. I had to like switch <laughs> gears and like try to like find the words. The yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Um, um, would you like to answer that question? And would you like to share your name as well? Yeah. So my name is Sarita Garcia, and um, for me that question is really important because um, 
especially coming from like a woman i feel like like we should value and respect them just as like any other human being because so many so many times of the day and like throughout the year and throughout history of like women in general they've been so prejudiced against and they've been so like they've gone through so much so like yeah it's it's the same as like asking like do you think we should respect like other religions do you think we should so it's like all in the same spectrum you know like we should be having respect for everybody and yeah yeah i agree with that um me personally i respect women a lot because my mom is a single mother so um by i didn't i never had a, a father figure so I respect my mom a lot and I admire her and she's my role model because she went through a lot and she did that all by herself and she raised me like all on her own with no one's help with no man's help and like I'm not trying to like throw shade at any men but like women are like very strong like not only my mom but I know that there's a lot of like single mothers out there that do everything they can to support their children without any help not even not even a, a, a men's uh, like help from an, any other men but like just just themselves mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know that just reminded me like i was on facebook one day and this dude um he made this status it's called a status right yeah post yeah. status post, yeah, yeah. post yeah. status it's, it's all good <laughs> it's the same realm of yeah. social yeah. media language um but he was like only a man can raise a man oh. or oh, only up. a man can like create a man or something and mm. i commented and uh, i'm the type of person that comments on stuff like all the yeah. time yeah so i was like what about the men that were raised by single mothers mm-hmm. where they didn't have yeah. a father figure in their life and i'm not gonna i can't even say like a word for what what he said back but mm-hmm. he basically said they either like become bums or hmm. gay they said he said That's another ridiculous. word not yeah, gay yeah. but he said another word mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and um i was just like what yeah. No, no. Like you can't even no. prove that that's not a fact. Yeah. Because I know, you know, some men that grew up and they became men, not yeah. not just grown boys. They became men, like strong men, and they were raised by a woman. Mm-hmm. You know. And then not only that, like to kind of like assume that like being raised by a woman is like more feminine and like it just kind of like plays into the role more of like these gender constructs like why is it that men always have to be the manly one or Mm -hmm. like the strong one like why can't they just be fragile or like why can't women be the strong ones or like the the masculine role or like the patriarchal role so like that just plays more into like these gender stereotypes that that make like feminism and all of that and like misogyny like more real you yeah. know yeah so definitely <laughs> and i feel like even like also like i was thinking about this the other day like a lot of times like in media and all i'm not i'm not saying all the time but a lot of times like when we're thinking about a you know a significant person i'm gonna use the movie atomic blonde as an example just because like that's the first one that came to my mind like i feel like we can't ever have a woman that's I feel like we can't, I feel like we can't just have a woman that follows all, we can't, uh, I don't even <laughs> know how to explain this, I'm, I'm getting my words jumbled up, but a lot of the times I feel like we can't mix characteristics of a man mm-hmm. or a masculine and feminine characteristics, mm-hmm. and we can't mix those together a lot of times, yeah. and it just to be ordinary. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm yeah. 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 Like a lot of the times a woman 
can't be can't be strong or mm-hmm. can't be able to like fight off these guys mm-hmm. unless there's something different about her unless like she's mm-hmm. a superhero or unless she's gay or you know something like that you know mm-hmm. and even vice versa you know with the man you know a lot of the times when you see sensitive or something like that you automatically think that he's in the LGBT community you know mm-hmm. I feel like that's really weird yeah like I said like those are all just examples of like the fact that like gender roles and yeah. like fitting within these constructs like are all just like worsening everything like they're all making misogynists more real and it's like making the like societal roles even more real yep but um Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no thank problem. you guys very much. We had a really nice discussion, not just mm-hmm. for this, but just overall. So thank you so much for for joining us. Can you just say your names again? Oh, I'm Sarita Garcia. My name is Joseph Osuemora. Mora. All right. My name is Jacqueline Delgado. My name is Zephora. We had Marie and we had Cecilia and... Del- and Eddie, yeah. We and had Eddie. Adeline. I'm going to try to remember all their names. We had Jennifer, um, Victor, Victor, Moises, and... Yeah, I, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> Google, I think and, and, yeah. and, and Emmy taking photos. Yeah, yeah. and Emmanuel yeah, Emmy. taking <laughs> photos. He's blinding us with oh this. God. He's blinding he us with the, with the flash. Um. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so thank you everyone that came out and oh. everyone that just heard us. <laughs> I hope that this helped. So yeah. um, you just watched Pop-Up Youth Radio from Yolo Kali in Little Village. And... <laughs> So right now we're just going to go into a song, and that song is Black Spider-Man by Logic. Leave, or the color of my skin, or the fact I'm attracted to her, maybe him, and the fact I'm a 
single mother living all alone. Looking for a man in a home to call my own. But I already had one. The only man I'm I ever need is my son, my son, my son, my son, son. Say, hey, black is beautiful. Black is beautiful. Be black and proud. Be black and proud. Everybody hating on me right now. I'm black and proud. Black and proud. I'm just as white as that Mona Lisa. I'm just as black as my cousin Keisha. I'm biracial, so bar for me. Praise black Jesus, not called a preacher. Maybe Jesus was black. Maybe Jesus had dreads. Spider Man should be black. I vote for Glover instead. Glover instead. Like what's up? Hello, it's me. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, amazing, astonishing, highly amazing production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up, again. In the meantime, we'll be working on the next one here in Lumpin' Radio. So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at Yolokali, on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at yolokaliartsreach.org for more. We are the robots.